0: Good morning, it's great to be with you. Um, uh, As Gary said, my name's Paul, I'm one of the pastors here at King's. My privilege to uh, be leading the team. My privilege as well to be uh, continuing the series in Matthew. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, feel free to turn to Matthew chapter 5. By way of a little bit of a reminder, we have got the church unity service here at 3 o'clock today. So if you're uh, at a loose end this afternoon or would like to come along and see all the different ways in which the churches are working together... Um, Why don't you pop along at three o'clock today and uh, join us. Um, uh, Hannah will be leading from Ashburnham. She'll be leading the worship with the Ashburnham band. So it'll be an excellent time. I think it goes on for about an hour, hour and a quarter. So you're very welcome to come along and join that. Um, On Tuesday, I'm off to India for eight days. Um, I've been going out for the last three or four years and serving the church in Mumbai out there, Praveen and Jennifer. And uh, really looking forward to going out and joining them again. I'll be going with Brian Marriott, Jan Cousins and Kate Thurston. So please hold us uh, in your prayers that we are in good health, that we serve the church well. Um, One of the things we're doing is we are going to their family camp. So this time next week when you are here, uh, we will be, I don't know, it'll be about 28 to 30 degrees, blue skies, sunshine, lots of curry though, lots of curry, Um, but we'll be serving the church at the family camp and we really want them to be encouraged, we want them to be strengthened. Um, I think the church has had a little bit of a a, a, a tricky time over the last 12 months and so we really want them to be blessed through the visit and feel strengthened through us being with them. Hastings, St Leonard's, I want to commend you for the last 12 months. Bex Hill is our second venue launch in the last four years and I know it, it costs something. When we send people out, when we propel people out on mission into new venues, into new sites, I know that it can cost us um, at various levels. You've given incredibly generously to it. So financially, it wouldn't be happening if you hadn't put your hands in your pockets and supported. So what is it? £225,000 over the last two gift days in order for us to go multi-venue. That is incredible generosity. The way you've prayed for it has been incredible as well. The way you've been willing to release friends intermission. I I know for some of you you're you're just a little bit sad at the moment because some of those that you are close to are going to be meeting in Bex Hill. No, they are they are starting right now to meet in Bex Hill. Maybe you're sad because for some of your children they miss their friends, not going to see them quite so often. But I, I want to commend you because the kingdom of heaven is extended through actions just like we have taken. Just over the 12 months have we, as we have sacrificially given, sent, prayed, as Gary was saying, served. And I, I want to reinforce what Gary has said. If you call this place home, but aren't actively involved on a Sunday morning. Can I ask you to be actively involved on a Sunday morning? Uh, Let me assure you, it doesn't just drop out of the sky. Um, Each chair is put out um, because someone turns up and, and moves it from where it was and puts it in the rows. Every... Cup of coffee that gets drunk is because someone got to the Hastings venue forty five minutes before and put on the boilers and set it all up and then served it with a smile. The steward's making a massive difference. So I really want to encourage you, if you call this place home, well we, we want your activity and your energy um, as well as your heart and your friendship as well. But do you know God's got plans for us. Have, just have a quick look around. I mean there's a really big block of empty chairs just here. That's room for 30 people who don't know Jesus to come and sit right there and become worshippers of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Just next to Hannah, as she's eating her sweets, you'd have to share your sweets with some people if they came along, you know. But there's four or five chairs there, a few just around about. And look, look to the edges. So Gary, look to your left. Cool. Claire, look to your right. Just have a look over those empty seats, Paul and Claire. There's, there's room, there is room for so many more people who don't yet know Jesus. You know, God God hasn't forgotten Hastings. He's just thinned us out a little bit to give us more room to have a go and make a difference in the kingdom of heaven. And I know that God has got purposes and plans for us. This is a time for us to take a lean in. First practical thing I'm going to ask you to do next week is wherever you would normally sit, I want you to sit two rows further forward, okay? Now, if you're front row or second row, if you're front row or second row, you can stay where you are. But I want you to deliberately look to sit two rows further forward. So when I'm standing up at the front, I can look and the back two rows are empty, okay? Because everyone has moved further forward. Is that all right? just really helps with leadership, really helps if we've got people to the front. Do you agree with that? You happy to do that? Excellent. I will take that as a yes. And you know me. If you forget, I just count it as a privilege to remind you again, okay? So don't, so don't worry about that, you know. But I believe God has got healings, miracles and salvations for us in this venue. An opportunity for us to step up, to push in. You know that God is stirring us to plant another venue in Central St. Leonard's. Now that's not going to come Immediately, we're going to take time to grow and expand and to strengthen our stakes before we lengthen again. But there's more for us to do a passion and a desire to see people respond to the gospel, get baptized. I want us to be the venue that sets the pace, and the other venues are looking to see what it means to pursue God and to be following in his steps. I, in a sense, want to lay a challenge out for you. If you start coming along and feeling a little bit sad, you've got to push those feelings to the side and say, no, this is for the kingdom of heaven. This is for the glory of God. This is opportunities to see lives changed, disciples made, the kingdom come. So do I sort of, you know, I know you're just mulling it over what I'm saying at the moment. Do I have your agreement on that? Yeah, this is what we're about. Right, brilliant. I want you to turn to the person next to you. You're only going to have about 10, 15 seconds for this. I want you to pray a blessing on Bexil. Of your best prayer. They've now, they're just finishing their first worship song right now. Okay? So we want to pray. The second one is an absolute stonker. The presence of God falls. God mightily turns up. Head of the council is there. Head of police is there. We want to really pray for the blessing of God. So 15 seconds. Go. Outstanding. Well done. Well done for your prayers. That's absolutely brilliant. So this morning we are going to be continuing our Matthew series, second half of Matthew chapter 5. And we are looking at the both complicated and magnificent subject, which is Jesus, the fulfillment of the law. We're going to be looking at what Jesus came to do. I mean, in some ways, on a Sunday like this, what can be better than focusing on the purpose of Jesus? Who he is, what he came to do, how magnificent he is. And in a sense, if we just put the title slide up, Jan, that would be absolutely great. The next one, Jesus a Fulfillment of the Law. No, 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 keep going. The title slide. Yes! Jesus a fulfillment of the law and a big question that comes after it you may be asking so what what relevance does that have to me is it just something technical is it just going to be a little bit of a history lesson no I absolutely believe that this is going to be life-changing and as we see and as we understand this in a fresh way I believe this truth as we know it at a deeper level, is going to come and is going to set us free. Now, Claire is going to come and read quite a passage out to us. She's going to read from verses 17 through to 48. And while she does that, I'm going to have a rest.
1: Okay, so verse 17, it says, uh, Christ came to fulfill the law. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent and has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go to into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you,
0: passage from the Bible. As we know, Matthew is an introduction to Jesus and it's an introduction to the kingdom of heaven. It's an introduction to the kingdom of God. And in so many ways, this is really, really exciting news. However, the problem is there is a snag with this wonderful, great news. And Claire read it out to us here because it says, For I tell you, in verse 20, Matthew 5, verse 20, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So the fact that the kingdom of heaven has come, that Jesus ushered it in, that he has invited us to be part of it, is absolutely wonderful and it's exciting news. But for us to enter, our righteousness, our right living before God, needs to exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, the scribes were professional students and teachers of the law. That's what they did. They spent all their time trying to understand the Old Testament, the covenant promises, and put them into practice. The Pharisees were a lay movement. They weren't employed for it, but they were zealous. To follow God's law. But Jesus says in Matthew 5, as he reinterprets, he redefines, he says, even they don't qualify for God's kingdom, even though they give their whole lives to trying to live right, certainly externally, anyway. And Jesus looks to redefine what does this right living look like. And he takes six um, areas that the Pharisees would have taught, six areas that the Pharisees would have looked to have lived to. And we find that Jesus explains them and then he raises the bar the first one and we're just I I skim through them because I really want to get um, onto the second half of this preach but he talks about murder and uh, Jesus says well you have heard that it was said this is this is the teaching that you have received that you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable for judgment and probably everyone here would put our hands up and we'd say you know what I, we we agree with that don't we that's that's not right then, then it says in verses 27 through to 28, well, well, you shall not commit adultery. You have heard it said, you shan't. Verses 31 and 32, divorce. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. You, you need to do it properly. This is according to uh, the law. Verses 33 through to 37 is about how you make oaths. Oaths, oaths oath. you know what I mean. When you decide you're going to say something and uh, you, you swear, I swear I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring it about. When it comes to retaliation, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. I think my boys would probably rather live by this command than, than the one I'm going to explain a little bit um, later. Sometimes in our house you may believe that is how they are living. Um, What about the last one, verses 43 through to 45? You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And this this is just, and actually that isn't in the old covenant. This was just a teaching that the Pharisees brought about. And you may look at those things and think they're reasonable, but obviously this is just a snapshot. If you go into the Old uh, Testament, you'll find a whole load of other things like loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Do you know what I mean? There's, a, there's, there's some of that stuff. You won't make idols for yourself. And it's as though the Pharisees had understood God's promises um, and they'd, they'd sort of put a mark they, 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 they were working to a level. It was a level that was quite hard to attain. I, I, I don't know if this illustration is going to work, but I, I hope it does. Otherwise, it's going to be a bit rubbish for you and, and for me. But um, the, the qualifying height, who, th- who thinks they know what the qualifying height is was for the Rio Olympics, the men's high jump? Where on this staff do you think their high jump qualifying height was? And while we're doing that, um, is Steve Bacon still in? Because I always think he looks the most athletic, sort of manly uh, uh, one among us. So Steve, can you come out? What do you, do you reckon what? Do you reckon where that red mark is? Can everyone see the red mark? You reckon it's higher than that? You're right. So, to qualify for the final of the Rio Olympics... I mean Steve, do you reckon you could clear that? High jump? Back in the day, oh, but back in back in the day, okay. Well actually, Steve, come stand by this. The height for qualifying for the Rio Olympics is where the red tape is on top. Have a look, Steve, what do you reckon? In the day. Nah. Nah. <laughs> That's high, isn't it? But you know what? There are some human beings who can make that standard. Not many. But there are some. Thanks, Steve. That's great. There are some human beings. Now, actually, now you come out. Just see if you think you can do it. Come on, quick, quick. Just have a quick look. Let's have a look. See if we think you can. <laughs> you might be able to do it, mightn't you, Nat? Sorry, I I'll get. Fortunately, I'm going off to Bex Hill after this, so you can't tell me off after the meeting. But, but, but maybe some. Maybe some can clear that height, and probably there's a dozen men, maybe 20 men, in the world that can clear that height. The law's a little bit like that. The Pharisees and the Sadducees have set up this list of rules and commandments according to their understanding, according to their interpretation, and maybe some of them can clear it at the best of days. The problem is, you see, Jesus comes along and he says, I haven't come to abolish the law. Actually, I've come to redefine it. I'm actually going to tell you what was in God's heart as he brought this. It wasn't just that you shall not murder. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Wow! Anyone, if you're angry with your brother, you will be liable to judgment. It's not just that you shouldn't commit adultery, but Jesus says he raises the bar higher. So if 2 meters 31 was bad, if the Ten Commandments were difficult, Jesus, as it were, redefines them, describes what was in God's heart, and it's though the bar goes higher and higher, and higher for right living with God, that's about four meters now. Maybe that's a good example of how Jesus raises the bar in these things. This is, Jesus is defining it now as to the Father's intention. You heard it said you shouldn't commit adultery. Well, Jesus says, every man, any man that looks at a woman lustfully, Has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Men? Guilty. You failed. You have failed to keep the law. It's not just that we get to love our neighbours and we get to hate our enemies, if actually loving our neighbours wasn't hard enough. But I say to you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. I mean, when it says love, it's not talking about a warm, fluffy feeling. It's talking about being patient. It's talking about being kind. It's talking about honouring and building up its decisions of the will. I mean, I don't know you that well, some of you, many of you, but we've as much chance of fulfilling the law as natalie has got of clearing a 4 meter high jump bar do you know you see what i'm saying jesus redefines it brings god's heart into it. Even the righteousness of the Pharisees and the Sadducees will not bring it about. And then Jesus goes on in Matthew 5.18. He says this, for truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. It's not even that we're going to be able to outlive it. It's not that at some point it's just going to fade away and then we don't need to keep that standard. No, the law is eternal as it were. It's, 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 um, it's, it's absolute. It's out of our reach. So what is the solution? And this is true for every man, every woman born on the face of the planet. When we look at God's holy standard, when we look at it defined by Jesus, we just realize that we fall short. I cannot. I cannot clear that bar. What the Pharisees and Sadducees said, well, if I really trained hard, maybe I can reach that standard. But when Jesus comes along, with all his grace and truth, he raises it even higher. And I'm left realising I cannot do this on my own. So what is the answer? Well, Jesus says this, the first verse that we read. And there's hope. I want your heart to catch the hope that is there. Do not think I've come to abolish the law and prophets, Jesus said. I have not come to abolish them, but I have come to fulfill them. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law and the prophets. Jesus, two things I noticed, Jesus hasn't come to abolish, he hasn't come to undermine the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. Jesus says it can't even be relaxed. Not a dot, not an iota can go from it. But Jesus came to fulfill the law. That doesn't just mean that Jesus upholds it or keeps it. It's beyond that. He has come to bring the whole of the Old Testament to completion. It is wonderful and glorious news. Every promise in the Old Testament from Genesis chapter 3 and the fall. Right the way through uh, to Abraham and promises given to him and David and Isaiah and the Psalms, they are all pointing to one point in history where Jesus Christ turns up. God-man turns up and he fulfills all of them in himself. He is the fulfillment of the law. And we sit here today knowing in our natural states, my best efforts... I don't even, I don't know what you reckon. I'm not even certain I can jump onto the stage. Let alone clear four metres in my own effort. But there is a man, there is a one who fulfilled it to the uttermost. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the fulfilment of the law. He was born under it, born of a woman. He totally kept every single bit of it throughout his earthly life. Three decades plus, he kept every bit. Not once was he angry with his brother. Like I say, living in a household with four boys, that is an absolute miracle. Not once. As a child, as a teenager, as an adult, total faith-filled obedience to his Father in heaven, he fulfilled it all. And then thirdly, on the cross, Jesus bears the penalty for sin. He dies. Sin has to be punished according to the law by death and Jesus brings it about. He died to pay the penalty. He fulfilled it. He cleared the four metre bar. There isn't anything beyond Jesus in that sense. No one else in human history has ever been able to do that. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he did it. He did it. And you may be wondering as you're sat there, well, that's a lovely history lesson, but what difference does that make to me? Well, it says later in the Bible, when commentating on Jesus, the fulfilment of the law and the impact it has on us, it says in Galatians 4, verses 4 to 7, which is not the verses, Jan, that you have got there, so you just have to listen carefully to me. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive adoption as sons. And because we are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave to the law, but you are a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Jesus didn't come to fulfill the law for his own benefit, but for us. That, that revelation of God and his holiness and who he is, Jesus came to fulfill that for us because we couldn't do it. We're marred by sin. We've been broken down by it. I cannot live in an acceptable way before God. But Jesus did it for me. At God's decided time, He sent Jesus, born as a human being, born under the law, to redeem, to buy out from slavery those who were born under it and in slavery to it. And when you became a Christian, that is what happened to you. You realised that you were broken down by sin you realise that you could not live up to God's holy, perfect standard. You, you might feel, some of you might feel you clear a bit higher, you know, you might clear a higher, high jump bar than others, looking around, oh, I was a bit holier than them, I was a bit holier than that person. But in reality, none of us can reach God's perfect standard with our own efforts and our own abilities. It's just impossible. But Jesus came. He came to redeem us, to buy us out from slavery. Because Jesus came to do what I couldn't, what you couldn't. But as this passage says in Galatians 4, it doesn't stop. I you, this, is, this is magnificent, not my preaching the truth. This is magnificent truth. But we don't just get as bought out slaves. It's not just that I get taken out of slavery to the law. Then this passage says, I then get brought into God's family, sons and daughters of the living God. So as soon as you become a Christian, that's your legal status before God. You're a son. You're a daughter. I mean, this is pretty good news. I not fulfill it. Hallelujah. Really, all I had to do, though, was realise I couldn't fulfil it. And know and look to one who can. But it doesn't stop there. It says in this passage that God has sent the Spirit of his Son, the Holy Spirit, to come and live in my heart that I might experience what it is to be a child of God, not just intellectually, but in a tangible way. Something that affects my feelings, it affects my whole being, that I would know that I am a child of God. This is the gospel, this is the foundation we build on. This is what's so important to know for you to be a healthy disciple of Jesus, to be healthy church, to understand the wonder of the gospel and the truth of who we are in Jesus Christ Jesus is the fulfilment of the law. And you may say, so what? Oh, so everything. Because I'd have nothing if he hadn't fulfilled the law for me. This is a magnificent claim. Jesus is my fulfilment of the law. And when the devil comes and tempts me and says, you miserable failure, I can't believe you've fallen again. I don't look and say, oh, I'm not that bad. Hey, look at Nick Beanie. That's not why I don't. I say, Look to Jesus Christ, my Saviour, my Redeemer, the one who has adopted me. Look to Him, the one whom I get my sins forgiven. It's not that God forgives sin and sort of wipes it and puts it under the carpet. He poured His wrath at sin out on His only beloved Son that we might have freedom. So that Sunday by Sunday I can rush in to the presence of God and get caught up with what God is doing with no fear or trepidation of judgment because Jesus has fulfilled the law for me. That's what he has come to do. And the amazing thing then is because I've been united with Christ, because I've been included with him, I'm then empowered to live a new life that brings glory to God. In actual fact, the very person who was unable to meet that standard because I'm full of the Holy Spirit, because I've been united with Jesus Christ, I've been given a new power, a new unction to live in a holy way with God. A Christian life is a righteous life. It is a life where we live out the goodness of God and we demonstrate his grace and goodness in our lives. That is what it is about church. This is who we are. And I would would say to you, We need to pickle ourselves in the wonder of the gospel and what Jesus has done for us. Because as we know, as I know that I know that I know that I am loved, that I am forgiven, that I am redeemed, that I have been redeemed out from under the law, that I might live for God. You know what? As I know this stuff greater and greater, I live differently. I make different Choices. I find a power to live in a way that pleases my savior, and that's what it's about. Men, not only don't commit adultery, but don't lust after women that aren't your wife. That isn't your your wives. Oh dear, (laughs) isn't your wife? Holy Spirit lives in you to empower you to live a different way. Don't hate turn the other cheek, let your yes be yes, your no be no. That's being salt and light. That's demonstrating the gospel to those around us. That's what it's all about. We're a church on the move. We're a church that's bringing the kingdom. We're a church that's growing in health. Jesus Christ my fulfillment of the law. Why don't we stand? If I can ask the band to come back up, please. I'm going to pray. I think the band are going to lead us in with an opportunity just to worship and enjoy God. And then Sam's going to bring a little bit of application maybe at the end or close the meeting up. I'm going to head off to Bexley. I just want to pray. Oh, Lord God, we thank you, Jesus. You are my fulfillment of the law, in a sense, Lord, you've done what I was powerless to do, but then you've made me powerful in you to live in a way that pleases you. I am so grateful. I don't deserve an ounce of it. You didn't pick me because I'm more able or I'm closer to clearing the bar. You you picked me just because you love me. And I'm so grateful. And I thank you. That's true for every single person here. I ask you, oh, Lord Jesus, come feel us. Come close right now. Oh, Lord God, we love you. Why don't you just, where you are right now, just raise your voices up and just thank God. Thank Jesus for how he's fulfilled the law for you and the hope that you have within him.